I'm Paul Collier and uh, I want to uh, talk about the, the housing project that's, uh, that's just getting underway. Um, the, we know that a central part of development is investment and in the accumulation of capital. Um, housing uh, is not the tail on the dog of that process, it's the dog. For example, in Britain, um, there are seven trillion pounds of uh, tangible assets. Of those seven trillion, four trillion are housing. And so if the process of investment in housing um, fails, uh, this is not marginal. This is fundamental to the economic development of, of the country. I believe that in Africa, that process of housing accumulation has failed. Um, but failing is not inevitable. If we go back to 19th century Britain, um, in the year 1800, London had a population of a million. By 1900, it had a population of six million. So London grew at absolutely current African rates of urbanization. Um, what's more, during the 19th century, per capita income in Britain was very similar to African per capita income now. Um, but the urbanization process in London uh, was very different from what's happening in Africa. Uh, it stayed entirely formal, so you didn't get the informalization, the shanty towns that we see in the big cities of Africa. Um, on the contrary, you got a, an entirely formal process of house building, house finance, uh, and, uh, and, and a, a legalized basis for, for tenancy all at a cost level uh, that ordinary people on those levels of income could afford. So the, the, the five million peasants who came into London through the 19th century got housed at, at, in housing quality appropriate for their level of income. Now, why hasn't that happened in Africa? To an extent, we don't know, but I, my diagnosis at present is that there are, there are four siloed impediments. Um, one is uh, housing needs financed. Um, and uh, in Britain, a specialist financial institution emerged, the Building Society. The banks are not going to do housing finance. The banks are too high cost. So building societies solve the problem of very low risk long-term capital that is administratively cheap. Um, alongside finance, you need a legal structure which supports uh, that finance. Uh, and that means proper legally enforceable title, which will function as legally enforceable collateral. So finance plus legal rights. The third area is housing's got to be affordable. And that means affordable at the level of income that ordinary people in cities have. In a moment in Africa, um, housing isn't affordable. The unit costs are extraordinarily high. Um, there are all sorts of reasons for that. The construction industry probably isn't organized into small firms um, building in a very labor-intensive fashion. Uh, it's much too large firms uh, using more capital-intensive and import-intensive methods. Finally, alongside affordability, um, is the public goods that, uh, that have to be provided 
uh, by the government or by local city authorities, the, 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 the infrastructure, the sites and services. Um, and it's very much cheaper if that is planned and provided in advance rather than retrofitted after the city has grown. So these are four different problems that have to be solved. Finance, legal structure, building regulations and the organization of the construction industry, and the sites and services, the sanitary, water and electricity that housing needs. And at the moment, they're typically siloed in different areas. If any one of them is held up, is held up then the whole process is held up. So I think what needs to happen is, first, we need to understand what are the practical impediments city by city, how can they be overcome, and quite possibly the whole issue needs to be elevated to a political level at which it can be cracked. I'm sure that ministries of housing don't have either the political clout or the technical expertise to address this wide range of issues. Finally, all this really matters. Um, if there's one thing that can improve life chances, it's housing. Both directly, because the quality of housing determines many aspects of the quality of life. Can children do homework in a shack that hasn't got ele electricity? Housing includes both education and health. But also the process of building housing generates an awful lot of jobs. If it's properly done, then building the four trillion pounds worth of Britain's capital stock, that generated huge amounts of employment, and it can for Africa. So it's both the quality of living and jobs for relatively unskilled young people. Thank you.